Welcome to Success Stories, brought to you by SNS Activewear. I'm your host, Marshall Atkinson, and this is the podcast that focuses on what's working so you can have success too. One way to expand your opportunities in business is to niche down and use a hobby or something that you are passionate about as a starting point. On this episode of Success Stories, Scott Dawson with East Coast Screen Printing in Okeechobee, Florida, will be sharing his story of how he turned his love for motorcycle racing into a successful business. So if you're ready to rev up your sales, Scott has a story or two that just might help. So Scott, good morning and welcome to the Success Stories podcast. Good morning, Marshall. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, I've I don't think I've talked to you much. I, I think we've had a couple phone calls, but I see you all the time on the Facebook groups and stuff. And you're always showing photos of you and your son having motorcycle adventures. And I think this is going to be really a great topic today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a passion of mine and my son's. Uh, I've been racing motorcycles since the mid 80s uh, before I was uh printing t-shirts and my son's been racing since he was uh, four years old and he just turned 18. So Right. That's great. And I'm from Florida, right? But not everybody might be familiar with where Okeechobee, Florida is. Can you give us the rundown on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okeechobee, if you look at a map of Florida, you see this large lake kind of south central. Um, that's Lake Okeechobee. Um, just to get your bearings, we're about 90 miles south of Orlando about 110, 120 miles north of Miami, uh, dead center of the state, um, east to west. So it's a small town. I've lived here for 45 years. I can't think of a better place to uh, live and uh, raise a child. And so how did you get into screen printing? Because that, that if you're like a lot of people, like me, for example, I got in through the back door from another reason and, and it stuck. <laughs> All right, I'll just give you the really condensed version of how I got into this because uh, it can get long. I've had a uh, commercial cleaning business for years, close to 30, I believe. And um, I had built the business up and had people in place to where I only had to work about three hours a day. I got kind of bored, couldn't find people to go do stuff with me all the time. When we had 28 employees at the time, we we're constantly buying work shirts. So I thought, you know what? got a lot of spare time. I'll just make my own t-shirts. Didn't know anything about making t-shirts. How hard could it be? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So naturally, like a newbie, I got on eBay, started looking at some stuff there and I found these little gadgets and I was like, well, here's a little one color machine to make a t-shirt. That's all our work shirts are. Even to this day, it's just a one color. Started down that rabbit hole, one color, two color, uh, this was back when the economy was still doing pretty good and uh, before 2008. Stumbled across a trade show in Orlando that day. Um, started on, This was a Thursday. That started on Friday. So I told my wife, I said, well, I'll just go up there and buy one of these little gadgets. Didn't understand how big the screen printing industry was. When I walked in the um, conference hall there in Orlando, I was literally back on my heels at all the equipment and naturally I couldn't find a little one color press. So uh, my mind started going crazy. And by the weekend I had spent about $30,000 on equipment and uh, that's how I got into t-shirt printing. Cha-ching. 
Yeah. <laughs> they saw you coming, Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got me hook, line, and sinker, man. All right, cool. So you move from that, and now I think a lot of your success is really dovetail in with your hobby that you're so passionate about, which is motorcycle racing. So why don't we get started telling everyone about your business and that hook between printing and motorcycle racing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I've been racing for years and years. And um, at these events, we have 14 to 15 races a year. Um, and we do have a season, we have an off season. Um, so roughly about every two weeks, there's a race. At these events, they, um, they sell t-shirts there. The artwork on them was really not that great. Looked like a lot of hand-drawn stuff, kind of comic book looking. And once I started getting into the t-shirt printing, I naturally wanted to be able to do simulated process right out of the gate. I would ask people, and even whenever I went out west to uh, Fresner's courses and went to Atlanta for some courses, they would tell me, well, that takes years to do that. And I said, well, I don't have years. I want to be able to do it in months. And I had an old gentleman take me under his wing in the next town over and show me a lot. He was on his way out. He didn't mind giving me secrets and showing me things. And so whenever I started presenting designs that we could do for these motorcycle clubs, I didn't know if I could still print them, but I knew I could do the artwork. A club gambled, gave me a shot. They sold all the shirts literally in an hour as opposed to two days, which the events are always two-day events. And uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Everybody was real happy with it. It was modern graphics. It didn't look like it was from the 60s or 70s. And it just kind of has grown from there. Being a rider racer, I kind of had an idea of what they wanted to see on a t-shirt because I'm one of them. I tell people if somebody came to me and wanted me to design a t-shirt for a sailboat race, I probably wouldn't be very good at it because I don't know anything about it. It's not my passion. So I think that just kind of comes full circle to us being good at what we do in that niche. And how does understanding the market, because you're a member of the tribe, right? You you know all the the buzzwords, you know the secret handshake, so to speak, of what people really like in that group. How does that knowing that translate into a better design and more sales? Can you give us an example? I think where that comes into play is whenever I see a t-shirt designer, I see some artwork that's you know motorcycle related. I look at it and go, now that's something that I would buy. That's something I would wear. And being one of the tribe, we all do think um, we're very like-minded and we have young people in there and old people in there. And I try to span the gap with the ages to generate some artwork that kind of covers everybody. And uh, we do pretty good at it. We did, we've been doing this since 2004 for these motorcycle um, this motorcycle organization and it's not uncommon for everybody to sell out on Saturday they will increase their numbers their quantity so they have um, shirts for Sunday and they continue to still sell out so I guess we're making the designs look right <laughs> you know right are, are well are you using images that appeal or word choices or colors or the shirt color I mean combination of everything what seems to stick the best um yeah it definitely is a combination of a lot of things we have a phenomenal photographer that uh, uh attends our events and for years we did a lot of simulated process so it was you know realistic looking print 
um, designs, which they had never seen before. It was all just simple spot color. So once we brought them, brought in some artwork that was, uh, you know, photorealistic printing, they were really shocked. They hadn't seen that before. So it really kind of set us, set us up to be a better printer than who they had been using. That boosted their sales up again. Um, as far as colors, um, you know, these are outdoorsy people. You know, if they're not riding their motorcycle, they're hunting, they're fishing. Um, so a lot of times they like earth colors, earthy tone colors. As far as slogans on the shirt, yeah, we all have little sayings and things like that. But a lot of times it's just the name of the event, a couple logos on there. Bright colors obviously are a huge plus. And are you designing it so from a, uh, I guess these are in like a little booth stand kind of thing. So from six to eight feet away, it, it really pops and looks great. Are you really concerned about tiny little details and stuff that you can only see when your nose is right up next to the shirt? A couple of years ago, yes. Super fine detail stuff. You know, we have a lot of sponsors that um, contribute financially and, you know, merchandise to these events. So, you know, a lot of these riders will have um, their logos on the bikes and, you know, the, the sponsors like to see that. So, yes, we would really work on a lot of those fine details like that and make sure that they show up because, you know, these companies are um, some of them spend a lot of money to promote and help this organization. So, yeah, we definitely want to make sure that um, their logos are legible. So as far as details go, yes. Now, in the past two to three years, we've kind of changed our style of design just to kind of mix it up a little bit. We don't have as many of the logos on there anymore. It's a little more retro now. It's once again, sales are booming again. Uh, people like it because it's a shirt that they can wear anywhere all the time, as opposed to just a shirt with a dirt bike on it. And they only want to wear it at the races, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And are you doing shirts and long t-shirts and long sleeves and hoodies and everything or just t-shirts um no depending on the time of the year i mean obviously in the warmer time of the year we just do t-shirts occasionally some tank tops uh cooler times of the year which not very long in florida we do long sleeves occasionally we do hoodies the clubs like to keep those orders pretty small because you know they're expensive and they're they don't want to get stuck with them so Basically, the way it works is I don't sell the garments at the race. They place the order and we deliver the items and then they handle sales. Once I deliver everything on Friday, my work is done for the weekend. Oh, um, I see. So you yeah. don't do an online store? No, no, we don't. There's a lot of people who have tra transitioned to doing online store web store stuff. That's not part of your business? Uh, no, it's not. We've considered it, but these events go off so quick and so fast just the logistics of that would be rather tricky so like if we bring you know say 400 shirts to an event the clubs are gambling that they're going to sell them uh, they're not prepaid or nothing like that i mean they pay me because they've made the purchase but they have volunteers with the organization that set up a booth and sell shirts okay uh, so over the years you know you've grown your business a little bit how have you expanded things with more races or different things that you're doing? So the way it expanded from the t-shirts was the company that we're using to do their t-shirts um, also did their trophies. It was kind of old school, just the look like little t-ball type trophies. And they wanted to step that up a little bit too. So they asked us if we could make their 
awards or trophies for them, which are typically just plaques, like a nine by 12 plaque. I said, well, let me look into it. Hadn't really, didn't know much about that. Once again, started doing my homework, found out about sublimation. So we just started doing uh, dye sublimated plaques for them. So the t-shirts have grown into the award side also. So like um, on a typical weekend, we'll do uh, 250 to 300 awards. And, and we, del- we deliver that along with the t-shirts. So, I mean, we're kind of a one-stop shop for them. There's 14 or 15 clubs that fall under the one large organization that we work with. They'll typically pick up the phone and call me and they know us so well and we've done this for them so long. They basically just say, Scott, here's the name of the race. Here's the date. Work your magic. And I think that's where they've really learned to like us because we make it easy for them. Right. You're delivering a frictionless experience, and that is the how you're garnering your loyalty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's a lot to put those events on. And I basically tell them, look, I, I know what you want. I know what our audience wants. Let me make your life easy. Just tell me where you want to go with it. And then you can forget about it. You ain't got to worry about it. I'm obviously attending the races. So when we go to the races, I just bring the items with me. So there's no shipping involved. If I had to ship all that stuff, we'd be talking hundreds of dollars to ship because it's all over Florida. Um, so they like that fact, as opposed to using somebody that maybe doesn't attend the events. Now they would have shipping involved in there. So uh, I think that's another nice plus. And uh, we've got a system that we use to keep everything very, very organized for them. And uh, so they could bring in a new person that's never helped with the t-shirts or awards. And within five minutes, I can show them how they handle everything and dispense it. Okay. Are you doing any other events besides this one clients? Have you tried uh, expanding outside of Florida? We have, and we did for a couple of years. We had some in Mississippi, Alabama that we were doing. They're small organizations. Ours is... um, I think it's one of the largest ones in the United States, actually. Um, it's not uncommon for us to have, uh, we're close to a thousand racers every every event now. Um, some of the closest ones to us, we attended a, an event up in Tennessee, uh, simply just as a uh, rider racer, no t-shirts going on. And they had 200 and something racers, which kind of small. I inquired about their t-shirts, but they currently have somebody that they were happy with. So I didn't bother them. I'm not a high pressure person. You know, if, if you want to use me, let's talk. If you don't, I'm not going to pester you. <laughs> okay. Like what you hear so far? Be sure to subscribe so you can get the latest from success stories. And now here's Zach shortly with the SNS Spotlight. If you're looking for some seasonal inspiration, check out our new summer style guide, which is loaded with color trends and product recommendations that will work perfectly with your client's artwork. From hats to fashion tees to backpacks and even socks, we're covering all the categories that matter this summer, including 5Ks, resort merch, summer essentials, 90s influences, and more. So next time you're visiting snsactivewear.com, be sure to check it out by navigating to Digital Catalogs under our Resources tab on the homepage. Thanks for listening. What would you advise people to think of if they wanted to to take a niche interest or hobby that they're, you know, that they enjoy 
and market to the people or organizations around them, how, how to get started, how to start thinking about it, how to really kind of succeed? What would you tell these folks? Yeah. So, yeah, everybody has some sort of hobby. So if you're if you have a hobby, let's just say it's um, hunting or something like there's a hunt club or shooting club. We have a lot of those in Florida, for instance. I don't do that, but, you know, you can approach the event promoter or whoever manages the events and just say, you know, hi, my name is Scott Dawson with East Coast. Just wanted to let you know who I am. We print t-shirts, uh, we make caps and stuff. These might be some things that you guys could utilize at your events. And I try to let them know that not only should they be dispensing them for people that might sign up and it's an item that you get when you sign up. Like if you do a 5k, traditionally, you're just going to get a t-shirt along with it, but they should be selling them and making some money off of it. Also find out who your contact is, make friends with them. Facebook has made this a lot easier. So a lot of times if there's a market that I'm going to reach out to, I'll try to go in there and find out who's in charge of it, do a little homework there, and then I'll reach out to them. And uh, usually pretty good success rate on making a connection there. A lot of times I'll send them some samples so they can see who we are and what we do and see the quality of our work. And if it goes from there, then uh, I ask for their business. Uh, if they say, no, we're not interested, I start looking somewhere else. But uh, yeah, as far as a hobby or a niche, if you've got one, do your homework on it. Look and see what they've got. Look what they sell. Look at something that they maybe should be selling that they haven't thought of. You know, you might want to gamble and just make a couple little items for them and give them to them as a gift. A lot of times uh, that feeling of reciprocity comes back around and they'll place an order with you. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, recently I've seen a lot of your posts and you've been doing more and more with hats, especially leather etched uh, hats or and um you know, kind of a 3D look, you know, trucker hats or flat uh, snapbacks, that type of stuff. And how has that expanded uh, your business? Because it's not just uh, doing T-shirts, right? Uh, no, no. We started doing that about two years ago, and uh, it's become its own little creature. It's literally becoming another business. We have clients all over the United States now that we ship to. We were shipping out of the country, but with COVID, it got so difficult and um, we kind of had to drop that. Maybe if things start to clear up, shipping gets a little easier. We'll pick those customers back up. Yeah, we started doing that. You know, it's a it's a trend right now. Hopefully, it carries on for a long time. What we've got a lot of embroidery companies that they love these because it does a couple things. One, it allows them to offer something to their clients that's kind of new and trendy. It also lightens the load on their embroidery workload. If they're backed up with hats and they might not be able to sew hats or polos or get to that job for three or four weeks, they'll send us artwork. We produce their patches. We ship them to them and they don't need a highly skilled employee to do those. Um, somebody that has a hat press and, uh, you know, somebody making $10 an hour, you can teach them how to put these on. They can do 120 hats in less than an hour. You can't sew them that fast. So the profit margin's pretty good on that for them. Um, that's why they like it. Mm -hmm. What well, seems to be the big seller? As far as, as you know, for, the, for like a like a logo, it's a circle. It's, you know, what seems to be the biggest seller for that? Oh gosh. Well, I'd say as far as color goes, it would be rawhide, which represents more of a true leather color. As far as the style of artwork, it's across the board. 
we have we have sometimes it's a circle sometimes it's a rectangle we do you know custom cut stuff it's no extra charge for that it's, it's just every kind of logo that you can imagine i mean we've had some rather large corporate jobs come through our building not my client my customers clients um that uh, we've seen on television we've seen in magazines um on discovery channel stuff like that that's kind of neat for us so as far as a common type order I would say there probably isn't one. Yeah, I, I was watching a, a Facebook post that you made the other day, and there was some cattle rancher ear tag hat uh, patches that you made where there's the brand of the, I guess, the cattle farm, uh, and there was it was riveted to the hat somehow. That looked really cool. How did you do that? Yeah, um, Florida's a, a big cattle state. So we have a lot of ranchers here. So we started doing some for, for our local ranchers. We posted them up and uh, we started getting orders for those. Once again, it's just laser cut. Um, we laser cut the hole in it. It has adhesive backing on it. Now the screw is not a rivet. It's called a Chicago screw and it's kind of like a blind rivet. So we needed something very shallow. So that's why we use those. The patches arrived heat press ready so you can heat press them on but when those with that you don't have to heat press it on if a client wanted to change out the little ear tag on it you simply unscrew the screw and change it to something else so they've got that as an option yeah it looks pretty cool what do you think that's the one thing that separates you from other people that might want to market you know in your same space what keeps your customers sticky um interaction with them even if they're not placing an order with them with you um, be their friend be one of them i'd say under promise over deliver i like to wow them sometimes with uh, something they weren't expecting always meet your deadlines if you tell them you're going to deliver you better deliver on time um, because you only have to mess up once and they're probably never going to call you and like i said just if you're working on a niche do your homework before you study them, become one of them, Be, make them comfortable with you. And then that way they're more likely to do business with you, make it frictionless, make it easy for them. I think those are some of the keys to uh, being successful in a niche. Do you ask these folks questions? What are you struggling with? What's your problem? What are you thinking about three months from now? So we can start doing the research. How talk about, how you find out information about your customers to help you serve them better. I do talk to them while we're at the events, you know, one-on-one. Sometimes it's a combination of that. Sometimes I'll shoot them some emails. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that's been a huge plus for us is Facebook. So I'll go into our group and um, I want to hear from our tribe. So if I'm thinking about doing something new or maybe offering a new style of shirt or a new color or going a different route with the style of artwork. I might put some images up there and run a little poll and get feedback from my tribe. Let you know, these are the people that are going to buy the items, the hats, the t-shirts, those things who better to ask, let them tell me what they want. And then I just go from there. Um, sometimes whenever I'm dealing one-on-one with the customer that picks up the phone to call us to get the project started, we found that sometimes they like to put their thumbprint on it. And if I see that the design is kind of going in the wrong direction, a lot of times I'll stop them and ask them, say, now I, 
I've been doing this since 2004. I know what our crowd likes and I know what they don't like. And I, I think this style is maybe going in a different direction. I know you like it, but we need to make sure the masses like it because I don't think you alone are going to buy three or 400 t-shirts that weekend. So let's, uh, let's please the masses. And I get a lot of that feedback via social media. That's the new way for us. Oh, so you'll you so you'll uh, talk to your client and then you'll post something on Facebook and say, "Hey, we're thinking about doing What do you guys think?" And then everybody will comment, and then they'll either validate that or say, "Hey, uh, that's the wrong that's the wrong choice." Yes, yeah, and that kind of gives some positive reinforcement back to the client that might be wanting to go with artwork that maybe won't be our bestseller. And if we've got enough heads up and the my contact allows it, we've done two designs before and then let the masses pick which one actually lands on the t-shirt. That was a lot of fun. They love the fact that they can have some say-so in it. And what better way to find out what they want to let them choose. And then when they show up at the events on Saturday and Sunday, there's the shirt that they chose. They're more apt to buy it. Oh, that's a good, that's interesting. Uh, as an artist, I hate double the work though. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the beautiful thing about it is sometimes I'll keep the artwork somewhat generic enough that if they pick design one, design two can be used later in the season. Um, and I just change out text on it, almost like a name drop. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's not, it doesn't always happen that way, but um, it's not always just wasted effort either. And do you ever go, hey, we're thinking about a red shirt or a blue shirt? Which one would you like better? We have done that also. And we get a lot of feedback that way. These guys are, uh, they're not scared to voice their opinion. They'll tell you real quick what they want and what they don't want. Right. And it works out great. And, you know, when I think motorcycles, I always think black shirts, you know, I guess it's the Harley thing, right? Black shirts. that's, That's not the most common choice for because you're dirt bike racing, which is different than like, you know, I'm on a Harley cruise, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, no, black shirts are hard to push on this bunch. Um, if, for a couple of reasons, uh, probably the most uh, popular reason is it's so dang hot in Florida. Nobody wants to put on a black t-shirt, even though I wear one almost daily. I'm not outside though. So yeah, black shirts are hard to move. Obviously white shirts are a no-no because we're outside at these events and they get dirty and dusty. Yeah, it's a lot of earth tone colors. If the art lends itself to it, we'll do like some, you know, what I call like beach colors, like some you know teals and coral colors and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you ever tried a, uh, you know, kind of the the tie dye pattern that looks kind of modeled, you know, not like traditional Grateful Dead tie dye, but the one that's kind of got the the interesting pattern on it that uh, kind of looks stained almost. Have you tried any of those? Um, yeah, we have done some of those. The, some of We don't do those in large quantities because the clubs get a little nervous that they might not sell because they have to, obviously, the shirt cost us an extra two or three bucks as opposed to just like a standard, let's just right. say 1,000G. So I just tell them, say, look, that's a specialty shirt. It's going to cost you a little bit more, but you need to be selling it for a lot more. And they do let us do that. And typically those are sold out within minutes. Yeah. So it's worked out pretty good. The way I really, if if somebody's wanting to try to offer something like that up and the client is a little nervous and it's an event situation, 
the way I got them to open up to me doing that was a couple years back. I said, Hey, look, I've got a couple different types of shirt that I'd like to print on. They're expensive, but I think our client, our, our customer base is going to like them. And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to print up four dozen of them. If they sell, you pay me for them. If they don't sell, I'll take them home with me. And they sold within, I think like 18 minutes or something like that. There you go. Yeah. So I needed to prove to them that this would work and they didn't have any financial risk in it. And now, now they're, if I tell them, hey, let's do a specialty garment, uh, they don't ever question it. Again, that's going back to you're the expert and you're giving good advice and you're being frictionless. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is we just want to make it easy on them and it, right. and it works. Okay. Well, awesome. So Scott, thank you so much for sharing your story of success with us today. If someone wants to learn more about what you do or how you can help them, what's the best way to contact you? Sure. Obviously the best way is just going to be via email. And the email address is um, Scott, S-C-O-T-T at East Coast Screen Printing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Scott. It was awesome hearing all about motorcycle racing t-shirts and stuff like that. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Marshall. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the latest Success Stories episodes. Have any suggestions for future guests or topics? Send them my way at marshall and marshallatkinson.com. And we'll see you next time.